B, 52. B, 52. I'm heading down the Atlanta Highway. Looking for a love getaway. Heading for a love getaway. Hey, I got me a car. It's as big as a whale. And we're heading on down for the love shack. Four? I got me a Chrysler, it sets about 20, so hurry up and bring your jukebox money. The Love Shack is a little old place where we can get together. Love Shack, baby. A Love Shack, baby. B-52. B-52. treasure seekers and welcome to Shandy Andy's unguarded treasure B-52. Welcome to series one episode 26. So it's been quite a while three months since our last podcast. So what's been up? Why has Shandy Andy been so quiet? Well, it, it's non-RPG-related stuff, needless to say. Uh, we've had a bit of a lockdown here in the UK as well. Uh, and my wife, um, I, I think people will know who have listened into my podcast, know that my wife, Helen, uh, suffers from quite severe asthma um, and was in hospital at the beginning of March just before the lockdown started and unfortunately has been in again uh, at the beginning of May. Uh, and obviously that sucks away a lot of my time if uh, Helen's not here because I've got two young boys, six and eleven, uh, and a full-time job. So really when Helen's not here to do the cooking and uh, keep the boys under control while I'm working, it means most of my days are taken up with that. So that's the reason really, but uh, I think we're, we're back to a bit more normality now in our household, hopefully. Helen's back from hospital um, we're getting to grips a bit more with the homeschooling because our boys have been off school now for uh, since middle of, well end of March I think it was and they're both in SATS years which is uh, unfortunate um, uh, for those who aren't in the UK or don't have kids and don't know about SATS those are the tests they give the kids um, to sort of grade where they are in their academic careers uh, it's particularly unfortunate for my eldest Elby who goes to who's supposed to be starting secondary school in September, but we've still no idea how that's going to pan out. So there you go. That's been the main reason for no podcasting. However, I'm going to try and get back. It won't be regular. I don't do regular podcasts, as people know. Mine's a sporadic thing. Um, podcasting's a sideline for me. The most important thing is. Uh, playing role-playing games and creating worlds that's what takes up what what spare time i have so anyway you're up to date with where i am let's get stuck into this podcast i think one of the things that's uh, occurred with having the lockdown in the uk um, is that obviously there's been no face-to-face gaming here now since oh, the middle of march i think it was my last one um, but I've migrated to Roll20, um, and that certainly seems to be where most of the action is with the groups that I am. And I've sort of got it down to 
uh, a core number of groups that I'm sort of playing in. And also, I've started to DM uh, two campaigns as well, uh, which uh, um, has been great, quite frankly. I've really enjoyed getting back into uh, GMing. Still very rusty, still making a lot of mistakes, and not every session has been great. I hold my hand, I can say that, but I think largely they've been okay. And a couple of the sessions have been really good, so... Uh, Thanks to my players for sticking with me through that. So, what am I actually up to then? Well, um, Tuesdays, Tuesday evenings over here in the UK. Um, I've always done a weekly AD&D Elkadeen campaign uh, for the last couple of years, actually, or 18 months, certainly. Um, and we sort of coalesced that into a Call of Cthulhu um, mini campaign, if you like. Uh, it was just a, a, about... I don't know, probably about six or seven sessions we did Call of Cthulhu, just for a break, really, because the Elkadim had come to a natural end with the characters. They were all about 7th, 8th level, I think, around about that. So um, th they've been retired, those characters, and we, indeed, last week have just rolled up new characters for a new Elkadim um, campaign that will be starting next Tuesday, hopefully. Um, and if that uh, lasts as long as the uh, previous one for 18 months, that will be terrific. Uh, I, I've rolled up a, a cleric for that, uh, all starting at level 1. Um, so looking forward to that. That should be really good. Um, then, if we move on through the week, uh, Tuesday, uh, Thursdays I'm actually running an OSE, Old School Essentials, Wilderlands campaign. Yep, you heard that right, Wilderlands was probably a lot of you scratching your head and wondering what on earth is a Wilderlands. Well, that was the original D&D um, campaign in that it was the first one that was published. And that was by Judges Guild back in 1976 um, with the city-state of the Invincible Overlord. Uh, it's my favourite uh, setting, uh, you know, and I've never really got into these uh, Johnny-come-lately uh, Dragon Lance and uh, Forgotten Realms stuff. Um, I've always stuck with the Wilderlands. Uh, I enjoy it very much because it's um, it's not, although it's high fantasy. Uh, one of the supplements is called the Wilderlands of High Fantasy. It's a science fantasy, so it, it's got science fiction elements as well in there. It's a type of setting you could stick the uh, you know uh, expedition to Barrier Peaks in and not bat an eyelid. So. Uh, I've learnt a lot. I'm running it on uh, Roll20 using, uh, I think we're, we're either using Discord or Hangouts. It depends. If one of them doesn't work, we move to the other. Um, but Roll20 is used uh, for the dice rolling and keeping the character sheets on. And I, I'm doing the maps and the handouts on there. Um, we're um, six sessions in, something like that now. So uh, we're only doing two hours. We've moved it a little bit about but I think we've settled now it's uh, seven till nine on a Tuesday evening British uh, standard time uh, which seems to work quite well uh, the two hours is quite restrictive um, especially as we always seem to have some technical problem when we all meet up at seven so it's usually about 20 past seven by the time we kick off and we have a break halfway through because over here in the UK we do uh, clapping on a, a Thursday evening for the NHS workers at uh, eight o'clock so we usually have a break so people could do that, go to the toilet, get a drink and what have you. Uh, and so far we've just had the one character death, so doing quite well. Um, it's fairly, uh, it's <laughs> it's a zero, uh, zero hit points and death. Uh, old school essentials is. There's been a lot of talk about uh, 
whether that's good or bad. Uh, I'm a big fan of it, personally. I think it helps keep the characters concentrated on staying alive. Um, so, there you go. That's my Thursday night game. Um, then what, I, I did actually run a few sessions, three sessions on a Friday evening, which was RuneQuest role-playing Garantha. And that was for my old Pathfinder group. I used to play Pathfinder when I first got back into role-playing, uh, back in right at the back end of 2017, I think it was. And I played face-to-face uh, -face with them in a local game shop up in uh, Ripley, where I live, uh, for about 12 months. And it was only when uh, Helen's... Uh, uh, asthma really um, became bad that I had to drop that because I, I simply couldn't make the uh, meetings on a regular basis. Uh, but anyway, I've kept in contact with the group because they were a lovely bunch of people and they uh, had asked me, uh, they, they were try, trying out, uh, they wanted to try out some different systems and that and they knew I was a RuneQuest fan so they asked me if I uh, would just run that for them and I did. I ran the Broken Tower which is uh, the scenario in the Quick Starter for RuneQuest, uh, which I can thoroughly recommend. The Quickstarter is excellent, and so is the Broken Tower as a scenario. It's a very good way of introducing the system to players, and the group seemed to enjoy it quite a lot, uh, and in fact said they'd be interested in playing again at some stage, so uh, we'll wait and see. Um, and then on Saturdays I've been running... Uh, I ran some... It was quite interesting, this one, at least to me anyway. <laughs> I ran some RuneQuest uh, role-playing in Glorantha, for some very old friends. Um, in fact, one of them was the guy who was my very first RuneQuest 2 GM back in 1985 when I turned up as a, uh, a rather naive 18-year-old at Polytechnic. Uh, and I can remember going along to the local uh, role-playing group, absolutely made up that they'd got one, uh, and was a bit knocked to find out there was no D&D going on. Um, just this, uh, just this RuneQuest, uh, which I'd heard about, but I'd never played before. But anyway, I signed up. Thought, why not give it a go? And um, the rest is history, as they say. Uh, I've kept in contact with Sean, the GM, ever since, and uh, never actually GM'd for him that I can recall, except possibly I did some GURPS once. So it was really nice to be able to sit down and GM finally for him, uh, thirty-five years on when we first sat down at a table. Uh, we did the Broken Tower, uh, the quick starter, because uh, basically uh, me and Sean hadn't played RuneQuest since about 1990, I think, is when we knocked it on the head. Uh, I think we moved to Shadowrun at that time. And then we were joined by uh, also another of the sort of uh, the group of players that we had at that time, Neil. Um, uh, he wasn't at Polytechnic when I was. He was from that, because uh, Sean's a bit older than uh, I am, and so's Neil. Um, but uh, he, he kept in contact, and we'd done role-playing over the years. Uh, a sort of group of uh, about six of us had all kept together. Uh, quite often we'd meet sort of once a month, once every two months in the 90s, and that sort of tailed off as we all got, uh, you know, kids and wives and girlfriends and things like that. Um, but we'd always met up once or twice a year, all through this, uh, you know, uh, for the last 20 years, really. So it was nice to get him on board. Uh, and then there was uh, another guy called Andy Lorenz, who I knew back from uh, when I was at the Polytechnic as well, came in for a couple of sessions. And then the others were uh, Tip Chalice and uh, Kevin. Uh, Tim I'd done quite a lot of uh, RuneQuest with over the last couple of years because uh, we we'd set up the uh, East Midlands Rune Masters uh, group on Facebook and had run uh, I think we run about four four sessions a year 
um, it turned out because Tim does a lot of reenactment so during the summer he's not really uh, available but we sort of did do it uh, we did it between Christmas and April uh, before uh, you know the weather picks up over here in the UK um, but anyway I, I'm rambling I <laughs> as is my want so anyway, uh, we ran the Broken Tower, ran that, uh, the guys seemed to really all enjoy it and we decided that we'd actually roll up some brand new spanking new characters uh, at uh, the lowest level and we would start a campaign and I think I've run two sessions so far of that and it's gone pretty well. Um, the guys seem to be enjoying it. I'm writing my own stuff, uh, not running any uh, pre-run uh, modules or anything. Uh, we're, we're learning as we go along. Uh, although Tim knows Roll20 pretty well and Kevin a little bit, um, I'm learning on the job, as it were, and Neil and Sean have never used Roll20 before, so uh, it's been uh, it's been great, that has, and I've really enjoyed running stuff. Uh, I've done some... Uh, then other games. I've got a, a bi-weekly traveller game on a Sunday afternoon, which I should be playing shortly. And Tim Chalice actually runs that. So um, I'm in two minds at Traveller at the moment. I've never really done uh, science fiction um, style role-playing games. Um, I don't really know the reason for that, other than I think nobody's ever offered to run them. Um, and I am struggling a little bit with it. Um, you know the system's a little bit clunky, I find. Um, but Tim's done a good job in Roll Twenty. Really has showcased what it can do with lots of handouts and stuff like that. Um, so I, I'm not sure whether I'm going to stick with Traveller long run. Uh, you know, in the long term, we'll wait and see. Um, and then also, what I've been doing is a bi-weekly game with Shay Webster from Roleplay Rescue. He's been uh, over the lockdown has been running. Uh, uh, Dolmenwood, uh, and this is a playtest for the new book that Gavin Norman at Necrotic Gnome is going to release in the summer, I think. So it's been great to get to see the uh, document that uh, uh, Gavin's been putting together and its various versions as he uh, uh, improves it and uh, adds things to it. Um, and we're running that obviously with Old School Essentials. So really enjoyed that. Uh, we played some first level characters, there were just two players, me and Ian. Uh, with Shay running, um, and we've largely done that on uh, Google Hangouts. Uh, we're not using Roll20 or anything like that, we're just doing it as a uh, audio, uh, and we've also got a webcam, so it's an audio-visual uh, thing. Uh, if there's any handouts that need doing, Shay's just um, used the sharing feature on uh, Google Hangouts and shared the file if we've got a map or something that we need to see where we are. I've really enjoyed that. I've been playing a dowser and a uh, knight uh, and really had terrific fun with that. And in fact, um, this Friday just gone, we actually switched a little bit because Gavin wanted a bit of feedback on high level characters. So we rolled up a fifth and third level character each, me and Ian. Um, uh, I had a third level um, woodgru and a fifth level monster wolf, which I was running in there. Uh, sadly, uh, uh, Rapscallion, my little... Woodgrew died um, from a hop and a skip and a jump. Uh, bless him. I really enjoyed playing him uh, and also the Monster Wharf as well. So uh, it's been a big success that. Really enjoying uh, playing in uh, OSE. Uh, and I think Shay's doing a terrific job. I know he had some trepidation running uh, old school essentials and um, 
because the rules are ambiguous and open to interpretation, but he's done a great job and I've really enjoyed it. Uh, and Ian's a terrific player. We're a good um, uh, pair, I think, playing together because I'm very careful and don't want to get into combat and uh, always try and think things out. Not necessarily very well, but I try. Uh, Ian's a bit more compulsive, but also he's um, very, very much in it. He'll optimise. He'll know what exactly what all the skills and everything his character can have, whereas I'm a bit more blasé about that, I'm afraid. it's. Uh, um, I, I do try my best, but I, I can't always remember all the... If there's more than half a dozen <laughs> skills my character's got... Uh, I do struggle a bit, probably my age. Um, but anyway, uh, that's where I'm at now with my role playing. So uh, it's been pretty active, I have to say, since the lockdown. I've been really enjoying it, um, particularly able to run stuff, which I, I'd sort of forgotten how much fun that was. Um, so there you go. With the sessions that I've been running, a couple of things that I've been thinking a bit about and experimenting with is both the time of day that sessions are run and the length of sessions. Because I think actually both are quite important to the success of a session. Uh, and although there's no right or wrong answer for when and how long a session should be, it can certainly make a difference. Let's tackle first when sessions are run. I, I mean, traditionally, in a in the in the week, they're in the evening. So most people are working generally during the day. So it tends to be after tea. And I guess most of the sessions I've been involved in are sort of seven till ten or eleven. Um, weekends it tends to vary a bit more. Whilst they still seem to uh, be largely in the evenings, I have played in some. Uh, which are done during the day. Certainly tends to be afternoon. I don't think I've ever done a morning session. Um, probably just as well. I'm, not, I'm one of those people in the morning until about a cup of tea. There's no way I'm doing anything. Um, but it, it's interesting. I, in the two game, I'll, I'll take the two games that I'm running as an example. Um, the first one is my OSE Wilderlands. Now that's done on a Thursday and it's done in the evenings. Okay. Uh, and that is a, a seven o'clock start. I did try and make it a six o'clock start, but that just proved there were several players who were struggling to make the game that early, um, getting home from work, uh, you know, getting the tea and everything. Um, so seven o'clock, it got pushed back to in the end, and that seemed to be the earliest that most players can make a game in an evening. Um, and I'm fine with that. My, my only issue, I think, is is that it's it's easier playing during the day. I, I certainly, uh, if I'm going to be tired, I'm going to be tired at the end of the day. And invariably, I am tired, um, you know, particularly if you've got sort of a full-time job and kids or, you know, uh, with my wife being ill, certainly. But I'm sure there are many other reasons why other people are also tired at the end of the day. We've all got, uh, you know, things that are going on in our personal lives. Um, but we've got no choice, really, during the week. By and large, you've got to run it in an evening. Um, but what I have found is when I've run it um, with my RuneQuest and Garantha one, and I'm not quite sure why we ended up running it uh, in, in the day. I don't think it was a conscious decision in particular. It's probably just when everyone was available, one at the first session, and we've kept to it. But we, we run that at midday till four o'clock in the afternoon. And I have to say, it's a lot easier. Uh, I'm certainly more alert. At least I feel more alert anyway. <laughs> 
<laughs> have to ask my players whether that actually is the case. But um, I don't feel tired during the session. And we've also noticed that the four hours of that session, it goes and I hardly notice it's been four hours. In fact, I have to keep a, an eye on the clock because uh, to make sure that we do make sure we finish um, by four. So definitely, if I had a choice, I would always be running it in the afternoon, not the evening. Now, I'd be interested. I wonder whether running it in the morning, how, how that works out. Um, Certainly, in theory, I, I could play in a game and I could run a game in the morning, um, you know, sort of eight till midday would be fine. Um, but I'm sure that for a lot of people, it does make a difference when you are when in the day you're actually running it. And obviously it, it will affect different people differently. I know Shay's talked about, um, you know, night owls, is it? And um, I can't remember the name of the bird for the dawn one. Um, but some of us are certainly more alert at different times of the day. And also with shift work and that, there are some, I know um, one of my players in the Thursday game can't always make it because he's, he's on a, a, a shift pattern. Um, so obviously works slightly different hours as well to those of us who have a more traditional working pattern during the, you know, sort of uh, nine to five-ish So there you go. Those are my musings on when's the best time to run a game. And I'll be certainly interested in uh, the views of any other people as to whether they found it makes a big difference. Now, the other issue I wanted to talk about uh, with sessions is the length of the session. Um, again, this can be hugely variable. Uh, I mean, I go back to thinking when I was at Polytechnic, we probably played 12 hour sessions at times, you know, something like I'll be honest, I couldn't even dream of doing now. I just don't think uh, I'm too old uh, to be able to do that. And I, I couldn't even free up the time anyway <laughs> to do it. Or it would be difficult. Um, and again, I go back to the two games I'm running. The one on a Thursday evening is a two-hour, um, effectively, uh, seven till nine, although we do allow it to go over for 10 or 15 minutes at the end. But I make it clear that at nine o'clock, players can leave. Um, and it's really just the you know, clearing up afterwards and deciding what they're going to do next week, which is done uh, after the nine o'clock. And I was quite worried that that wouldn't really work out just two hours. I thought it would be too short because in a two hour session, um, we're effectively getting probably about an hour and a half role playing, I think, in. Um, because what I, I tend to do with that is the first 10 or 15 minutes are done. Um, really just, you know, everyone turning up. Uh, there's always a player who's late. There's, you know, uh, you know, uh, you know, it's just how it is. There's always a technical problem where we're trying to get one of the players, um, you know, audio to work, something like that. So I, I've tended to split that into a sort of 40 minute um, role playing session. That's, uh, and we have a break about halfway through for five or 10 minutes. And then we play roughly for an hour in the second part of the session. Uh, and actually, I've had to adapt as a, a GM to that because um, I'm having to G the players on. In a two-hour session, there is a reduction in the amount of, I think, non-role-playing social chat you can have, which is a shame because that's part of the experience for me. But I do try and move the players on and um, keep them focused on what they're trying to do in the game. Um, 
and I think that you can you can do a bit of the social chat even before the game, turn up early or or after the game if you want to. And of course, it also reduces what you can do. Um, and I now begin to see where these um, you know sort of five room dungeons come in because that's sort of doable in a two-hour session. It, it's you know um, you can't do much more than that, to be brutally honest. Um, and even that can, even five rooms can sometimes not be done, particularly if you're spending the first part, you know, getting everything together and, you know, moving off to the dungeon and that type of thing. And then when you actually get there, you've only got an hour. And if it's, you know, five rooms, that's, you know, sort of 10 minutes, a little bit more, 12 minutes a room. And that's not always enough. Sometimes it is. Um, so I've certainly had to adapt the way that I'm writing material to take into account the length of the session. Now, on the flip side, my request in Grant for on Saturday, that is a four-hour session. I think that seems to be three to four hours is seems to be a good average for the type of games that I've been playing in mainly. And that seems certainly at cons, I think that's um, you tend to have those three to four hour slots um, at cons. Uh, maybe that's where it's come from and it's sort of um, or maybe that's just a natural um, good length of time that people can concentrate for before needing a big break. I mean, um, certainly in a four-hour session, I, I, I put in at least two breaks. Uh, I don't have them religiously at a set time. Um, they're, you know, they're roughly after the first hour uh, and roughly maybe an hour and a half later, I guess, something like that. Um, but I tend to fit them, try and fit them in into the into how the scenario is going at a, at a point where it won't break the immersion too much. Um, now, interestingly, what I have found, though, is the four-hour session quite often appear to go faster than the two-hour session. And I do wonder whether that's associated with what I was talking about, the time of day, whereas the four-hour session I'm doing is in the middle of the afternoon. Um, and it does seem to go, and several of my players have also mentioned that they can believe that, you know, we were having to call a halt to the session because it was appropriate, you know, almost four o'clock and they didn't know where the time had gone. Um, I'd certainly be interested in trying to do a longer session for, you know, perhaps some one-offs or, you know, special type of scenarios that we wanted to do all in one go. But I, I honestly not sure as a GM I could handle that. I know, thinking back, I did play, um, I did two sessions where a GM did a, a con last year. And I was fine for the first four-hour session, but the second four-hour session, I really did start to struggle towards the end um, with concentration and also my voice was going. Uh, so I think these are all types of things we have to think about when we're planning out our sessions. Um, and I, I would imagine there are certain players who can concentrate for longer and there are certain players who would you know, struggle with more than four hours. Um, I just thought it was interesting for me to muse on about this and i'd certainly be interested on any other people's view you know what is a ideal session does it vary between systems is it dependent on the gm or the players um do you vary it um just depending on what's going on and of course some days maybe you want to cut it early if you find out you or the players are struggling and other times you run right up to the end of the session because it just seems to be going so well Thank you to TJ Drennan for producing the B-52 theme tune for my podcast.
You've been listening to Shandy Andy's Unguarded Treasure. If you'd like to contact me, please drop me a message on Anchor. Email me at shandyandy at gmail.com or possibly find me hanging around at Audio Dungeon Discord channel.